down the front steps into the yard. He must have been crying too hard to even notice. Petey jumped off the porch after the cap and started sniffing it. Brother Mustard Seed? Who did he think he was kidding? I didn't believe that was his name for a minute. Where did he come from, anyway? He didn't drive up in any car, so that meant he had either hitched a ride or he walked. Probably walked from the looks of his dusty shoes. He was wearing a pair of stiff-looking brown pants that were way too long and all bunched up around his ankles. It must have been brand new. The way he was sitting gave me a good view of his backside, and I saw little white threads just above one of the pockets showing where the tags had recently been yanked off. His shirt was pale yellow and still had fold marks on the sleeves and back. Like his pants, the shirt had just bought written all over it, except for two big sweat stains that reached out like dark half-moons from under both armpits. He sat there all hunched over, and every once in a while I would see his shoulders heave up and down, his tears splashed on the porch floor and soaked into the pine boards one fat drop at a time. I figured that Mama would send this Yahoo packing just as soon as she got back from the clicking clippers. How long did it take to get a perm, anyway? I paced around the living room a little— and then I sat down. After a few minutes, I got up again and peeked out the window to make sure the crazy man was only sitting there and not trying to break in or anything. If Ocean, my best friend, had been there, she would have known what to do. But she was in Haiti with her mom and dad. They were studying voodoo, which I thought was strange and maybe even a dangerous thing to be studying. Every summer, Ocean's parents would traipse about one place or another, do weird things, and then write about their adventures— the rest of the year they taught college students. I could have been with them on this trip, but I turned down the offer. Ocean had practically begged me to go. Besides not paying much attention to my studies, I'd stopped doing a lot of things I used to do with Ocean. We had been best friends since first grade when Ocean and her parents moved to town. She claimed she wasn't the town girl type and spent most of her time with her grandmother who lived across the road from us. Ocean's grandma, Miss Waters, was our only neighbor in sight. Her place was kind of set off by a long front yard. Sometimes when Miss Waters sat in her porch swing, she would wave and motion for me to come on over and have a visit, even when Ocean wasn't with her. Ocean and I used to do almost everything together. One summer, a couple of years ago, we stuck adhesive Velcro strips down the right and left legs of our jeans. We stuck our legs together and walked around like that. We called our invention Buddy Pants. My mom said we should make up a bunch and sell them at school, but we found that it was really hard to walk around in Buddy Pants. In fact, I almost broke my leg in them. I missed Ocean and all the fun we used to have. This last year, I mostly hung around the house and watched television when I had free time. It just seemed too weird to have fun, like I'd be ignoring everything that had happened. I'd also been invited to the summer camp Bible school that the church puts on every year up at the lake. I'd attended that Bible school camp every year that I could remember. I decided I'd made enough glued-on macaroni pictures of holy scenes to last a lifetime. Besides, I wasn't all that close with the church kids anymore, and Mama hadn't insisted that I go, so I let that bus pass right by me. I wasn't dumb— I knew why the church people and Ocean's family were trying to get me to do things with them, but I had my own ideas about what would be good for me. Mama had said, If you want to go with them, Amelia, then you should go. Whether she would admit it or not, though, Mama needed my help. 
If you had asked me, I think she was relieved when I turned down the offers. I bet she would have worried herself sick over me down there in Haiti studying voodoo. I mean, it wasn't like they were inviting me on a trip to Disney World or someplace like that. Ocean's parents didn't do those kinds of vacations. A couple of summers ago, Ocean's folks got themselves lowered into the Atlantic in a shark-proof cage, dangled raw meat between the bars until the sharks started to attack, then took pictures. Ocean brought back matching shark's tooth necklaces for us. This trip she planned to find a voodoo doll that looked like Mr. Pascal, our P.E. teacher. Then we'd see how many laps around the track he'd make us run. Ocean said we should always wear our shark's tooth necklaces for good luck and protection. I didn't really believe in the good luck and protection part. I just thought it was pretty neat to wear a tooth that had come out of a shark's mouth. Ocean believed in it, though. She believed in a lot of stuff, like ghosts and fortune-telling and charms. At least she said she did. With Ocean, you couldn't always tell the difference between what she really believed and what she just wanted to believe. It was like she made it up as she went along, and it was always changing. That was a lot different from people who believed in the Bible, for instance. There was a book full of rules about how to live, no ifs, ands, or buts, and it was loaded with stories about what happened to people when they followed the rules and when they didn't. At least I guess that's what it was mostly about. And as far as I knew, the rules never changed, and hadn't changed since they were first written on those two big stones. Not like I had ever read the Bible from cover to cover or anything, but I did know parts of it. And I doubted there was anything in there about how wearing a shark's tooth on a string around your neck would protect you from nuts who